Yeah, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Um, we're Ashir today as all the Shirim of the series are dedicated by Monsieur Delman and Jack Delman, commemorating the in memory of their of their parents, Zechoyim Levracha, and in appreciation for the gift of Eretz Yisrael. We are learning about the Tfilos of Shabbos and learning about Shabbos a little bit through the framework of the Tfilos of Shabbos, and I want to to today uh, to speak again about the Shachris of Shabbos. We spoke about it once last time, and uh, we spoke about one aspect of it, a very significant aspect of it. And today, Mir Tashem, we'd like to I'd like to speak to you about another aspect, one which is very explicitly invoked in the Tefillah of Shachris of Shabbos. As we've mentioned already several times, the three Tefillahs of Shabbos, Marev, Shachris, Mincha, have three different central contents. The basic outline is the same, where we make a bracha of to designate and to speak about Hashem, sanctifying the Shabbos. But in the, in the prefatory uh, paragraphs, which are put in there to supplement the tefillah of Shabbos, to add to the praise of Shabbos. On Friday night, we speak about the first Shabbos of creation, Shabbos Bereshis. On Shabbos morning, we speak about the Shabbos, which we would call, so to speak, the middle Shabbos, the Shabbos where we got the mission of Shabbos, which was the Shabbos when the Torah was given to the Jewish people at Har Sinai. Everybody agrees, as the Gemara says, that it was a Shabbos when we were given the Torah. And finally, at Mincha, we speak about the day when Hashem will be one and His name will be one, which is the Shabbos of the end of days, the Shabbos of Yemais HaMashiach. So on Shabbos, we do this continuum through history, which, which we have talked about separately and independently. And now we're going to talk, we, we, we're focusing on each one of the units. And Shabbos of, Shabbos of Matan Torah was, uh, is, uh, is the focus of Shabbos morning. And last week we spoke about the initial paragraph, where it spoke about how Moshe Rabbeinu rejoiced in the gift of his portion of Shabbos, referred to as an Eved Nemon, as a faithful servant, crowned with a glorious crown, Klitiferes Barosho Nosata, when he stood at Har Sinai, and the Shnei Luchai Savonim he brought down with his hands, upon which was inscribed Shmira Shabbos. So we talked about this, that it's getting very eloquent. You know, speaking on Moshe Rabbeinu and his crowns, okay, we got the Torah at Harsinai, and Moshe Rabbeinu gave us over the Torah. He received the Torah and he gave it. But why the tremendous focus on Moshe Rabbeinu and the crowns of Moshe Rabbeinu? So last week we developed that idea, explaining, talking about, looking at the crowns which were given to the Jewish people because they accepted the Torah, how all of those crowns went to Moshe Rabbeinu, the Gemara says. And the way they visibly expressed themselves was, was in the Koran Arpnei Moshe, in the glow which was on Moshe Rabbeinu's face. The glow which is on Moshe Rabbeinu's face is an expression of the tremendous strength of the Chachma which was within him, the spirit which was within him. As Shlomo HaMelech said, Chachmas Adam Ta'ir Panav, the wisdom of a person illuminates their face, makes their face shine. And this was on display in Moshe Rabbeinu's radiance. And as we saw, remarkably, Chazal teach us that every human's face is supposed to be more illuminated, is more illuminated by Shabbos. Ponim Chadoshes, Mizmer Shliyem HaShabbos, Ponim Chadoshes Bo'olukan. A new face is here, right? We mentioned the halacha that is an expression of this, that when you make Sheva brachas, you always have to have a new person, a new face there to be able to recite Sheva brachas another night, another night, except on Shabbos when you don't have to. Shabbos itself gives everybody ponim chadoshes. What does that mean? It gives them ponim chadoshes. It gives them. It gives them a new face. So we mention what Chazal say: Vayivorech vayikadish berachay b'maar panav shaladam kitchay b'maar panav shaladam. Another interpretation of the blessing and sanctity of Shabbos is people look different. Now again, what does it mean? What is this looking different? The wisdom of a person illuminates their face. On Shabbos, we think differently. On Shabbos, we focus. On Shabbos, we have the clarity of purpose. And therefore, a person will be 
a different person. And this was what Moshe Rabbeinu, what the Jewish people as a whole, we gained at Har Sinai, and what Moshe Rabbeinu especially did. And so we use this. <coughs> when the Gemara says that that Har Sinai left an imprint for, in the permanent sense on the faces of all of the Jewish people for, for all time, for the generations. So that's one aspect. And today, I want to go further with you in this tefillah to the second aspect of it. The paragraph which is quoted when it says, and it was written upon them, and so it's written in your Torah, ironically, is not the paragraph, and it must be noted, it's not the paragraph which it says on the Luchais. The paragraph on the, says on the Luchais says, something which many people say for Kiddush Rabbah, for the Kiddush on Shabbos morning. Other people actually say this paragraph, Vishamru B'nai Yisrael Sashabbos, they say it before. But Vishamru B'nai Yisrael Sashabbos, it doesn't say on the Luchais. It doesn't say it on the Luchais according to any opinion. Vishamru B'nai Yisrael Sashabbos is brought in the beginning of Parshas Kisisa, several parshios later. You should observe my Shabbos. It's a sign between me and you, Ludai Reisechem, for the generations to know that I am Hashem. Uh, uh, Keep the Shabbos, it's Kodesh, etc. And then it goes on, V'shamu b'nei Yisrael Shabbos. So why does it choose, when it's invoking the Luchas, Moshe Rabbeinu coming down, it's invoking Har Sinai, and it's saying, and so it was written upon them, Shmira Shabbos, and so it is written in your Torah. You and I would all expect that the quote would be from the Luchas. But it's not. And the reason why it's not is quite clear when we continue in the in the um, of Shas. Why? Because what's the paragraph that we say afterwards? You didn't give the Shabbos to the nations of the lands. You didn't give it as a portion to those who worship idols. And on the rest day of Shabbos, the Arelim, the uncircumcised, may not rest. To your Jewish people, you gave it specifically with love. To the offspring of Yaakov, who in them you have chosen. The nation that sanctifies the seventh day, they should all they should all be satiated and enjoy your goodness. And the seventh day is what you wanted and sanctified. It is the most precious of days. That's what you declared it to remember, Bereshus. So this paragraph is saying that Shabbos is a unique gift for the Jewish people. That's what that, what it says. You didn't give it to anybody else. It uses three different terms. We're not going to go into the details of it right now. You didn't give it to the nations of the earth. You didn't give it to the idol worshippers. You didn't give it to the uncircumcised, to the arelim. Three different ways to refer to the nations to whom Shabbos was not given. And remember that it's not just that they weren't given this mitzvah. They weren't given the mitzvah of kashrus. Right? They weren't given the mitzvah of Pesach. They weren't given the mitzvah of mezuzah. Shabbos, they're not allowed to have. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's why when somebody's becoming a ger, he's not allowed to keep Shabbos. Yeah, they have to be careful. They have to practice, but not completely. Right? So they have to, a person's not allowed to, Akum, Sheshavas, the Gemara says, Chayav Misa. Whatever that means, it certainly means it's not a good idea. Right? So it's not the right of anybody else to keep the Shabbos. Just the Jewish people have the right to keep the Shabbos. That's an emphasis here in this bracha. And it makes sense. Hashem gave the Torah to the Jewish people. That's what we are noting here on this, on this, uh, on this tefillah. And so we say, here's something which was given to the Jewish people, and specifically to the Jewish people, not to anybody else, specifically to the Jewish people. And it's a chiddush. There's something new and unique about it. And we mentioned this issue once before, and that is, 
what's unique about it is that Shabbos would really be a universal day. It would fit as a universal day. <coughs> Shabbos doesn't commemorate something that happened in Jewish history, like Pesach, which happened to the Jewish people, or Shavuos, which happened specifically, the Torah was given to the Jewish people. Shabbos is that Hashem created the world on six days and He rested on the seventh. And everybody is part of that world that Hashem created on the sixth day and rested on the seventh. Every person who exists on the face of the earth is supposed to believe that Hashem created the world on six days and created on the seventh. One of the Sheva Mitzvahs Bnei Noach, no, it's not to keep Shabbos, but one of the seven mitzvahs that applies to everybody in the world is belief in God, prohibition against idol worship. So everybody's supposed to believe in creation, but only we are supposed to keep Shabbos. How does that work? So maybe, as HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, as the Navi says, we are the ones who are here to testify that Hashem created the world. Atem Eidai. You are my witnesses. And you need kosher witnesses. You need, the Jewish people have that task. The same way Avram Avinu taught the world about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we, his descendants, have that role as well. And a way that we teach the world about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a way that we testify, is by keeping the Shabbos. Shabbos is an edus. Some of you may remember, some of you may recall, thank you, that, um, that um, we, when we talked about the Friday night davening, when we talked about we spoke about being a testimony, about a person trying to say it sometimes to people together so that it has the form of witnesses. People say standing like witnesses. We talked about the idea that on Shabbos we testify to the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. So therefore maybe that's a uniquely Jewish task. But it would be forbidden for somebody else to testify. A non-Jew maybe doesn't have the job to testify that Hashem created the world. It's wrong for them to testify that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. It's wrong for them to declare that there's a God. If somebody comes to you and says, you know, I am a, I am, I call myself a Noahide. There are places, don't seem to be so many around these parts, but other parts of, of the United States that, you know, I know people who have, who, you know, who are living in those areas and they have hundreds, hundreds of people, non-Jews in communities of Noahides who want to keep the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach. So tell me something. Only Jews are supposed to tell them about keeping the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach? If a, if a non-Jew tells people, you know, you should believe in God and you should do all of these things, they're doing something wrong? Simply, they're doing something right. So why when it comes to Shabbos? Why when it comes to Shabbos? Are they not allowed to keep Shabbos? Why are they not allowed to testify to, to you know to, you know to this uh, to to the to the existence of Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Shabbos is testimony, but it's not just testimony. Hashem rested, so we rest. If Hashem did it, then we do it. Did do it too. If Hashem did it, then we do it too. Now, there's a principle that stands behind that. And the principle is, you know, in a certain sense, a human being is supposed to go in the ways of Hashem. Walk in the ways of Hashem. It's a mitzvah which is repeated in the Torah, only in Sefer Dvorim, but in, it's found in Sefer Dvorim, but it's found in Sefer Dvorim many times, where it speaks about this mandate, this value of going in the ways of Hashem. What does it mean to go in the ways of Hashem? In one place, Chazal speak about emulating Hashem's actions. Hashem visited the sick, like He did by Avram Avinu. We should visit the sick. Hashem clothed Adam and Chava when they needed clothing. We should do that. Hashem buried the dead. He buried Moshe Rabbeinu, according to Chazal. We should do all kinds of acts of chesed that we learn from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem did it. We should do it too. In other places, it speaks about it in terms of the Midas. 
Not what Hashem did, but who Hashem is. Hashem is rachum, Hashem is merciful. Hashem is chanon, Hashem is gracious. A person should make themselves in the image of Hashem, emulate Hashem's ways, his actions and the midos, so to speak, that are the source of those actions. In a sense, of course, that's the achievement a human being is making of the tzelem elokim, of being in the image of God. A human being should try to be in the image of God. That's why human beings were created. That's how human beings were created. What does it mean to be in the image of God? How do you do that? You have the same eyes as the Rabbi Nishalam. You have the same ears as the Rabbi Nishalam. What does it mean that a human being is in the image of God? So, of course, we understand that primarily this is not a physical description. This is a spiritual description. So you're supposed to have a soul, your spirit. Hashem created man with a spirit. We have a transcendent part to ourselves. True, absolutely true. And that's in that way we're like with the, the Rabbi Nishalam. But in a certain sense, when the Gemara says, act like Hashem, be like Hashem, that's, when, that's the Torah telling us, make the Tzelem Elohim, the divine image, a reality within you. The Tzelem Elohim is the shleimus, the wholeness, the perfection of character that a human being is supposed to achieve, to reflect, the, so to speak, the divine character, to be like the Rabbi Meshulah. There's another place. The Torah says, You should be holy. You should be sacred, sublime. Because I, Hashem, am sublime. Oh, that's the reason you should do it because I do it? Yes. That's the premise of what a human being is supposed to be. If Hashem is like that, you should try to be like that. There are things about Hashem which maybe you're not going to be able to emulate. All-powerful, not in the simple sense. right? But in many ways... A person is supposed to try to be like the Rabbi Hashem created the world on six days, and on the seventh day he rested. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Klal Yisrael a mitzvah that we should work for six days, and we should rest on the seventh, seventh day. Do exactly what I did. There's a level there of us not just saying, you know, we're putting up a monument in order to remember that once upon a time Hashem created the world in six days and He rested on the seventh, we're going to work for six days and we're going to rest on the seventh. It's more than a monument. We're following the ways of Hashem. We're doing what Hashem did. We're saying Hashem did it and we're doing it too. And therefore, again, if it was just a monument and if a person got up and non-Jew got up on Shabbos and said, you know, I want to remember that Hashem created the world on six days and the seventh day he rested. He would probably be doing a very good thing. But then he's got to get to work. He can't rest. The privilege of this, of the privilege of this, sharing Shabbos with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, was given to the Jewish people. You know, there are people who talk about the Avais keeping the Torah before it was given. You know, there's such a thing. Avram kept the mitzvahs even before they were given. The Avais kept the mitzvahs before they were given. Did they keep Shabbos before it was given? And so there's all kinds, you know, halachists who like to discuss this kind of thing. They figure out how he could have done something which for a Jew wouldn't be Chil Shabbos, but before the Torah would begin, would be Chil Shabbos, so he'd be able to keep Shabbos and not keep Shabbos at the same time. Don't try this at home. <laughs> but the, 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 the real thing is, nobody ever said anything about Hashem created the world in six days and he rested on the seventh. Then, as he was giving the Torah to the Jewish people, Already before, already in Parshas B'Shalach, he gave the right of Shabbos to us. And we have to understand why that is. Why that is. Again, the, the mitzvah to go in the ways of Hashem, it, it's, it's Tzalem Aleichim. In a certain sense, it's a universal mitzvah. Somebody tried to be merciful and gracious of the nations of the world, we wouldn't tell them, no, you can't. 
that's being like Hashem. You're not like Hashem. But when it comes to Shabbos, this right we reserve, HaKadosh Baruch Hu reserved. Nobody else is able to. What is it that's happening here in this special gift, in this special gift of Shabbos that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving to us? So we have to understand it, but we know now, I think, why we quote the paragraph of the Shamru B'nai Yisrael HaShabbos. And we don't just quote the paragraph that was actually written on the Luchais that we just mentioned that Hashem brought down, that Hashem gave Moshe to bring down from Har Sinai. Because what does it say there? Remember the Shabbos. Six days you should work, the seventh day you should rest. You shouldn't do any... Right? Why? Because six days Hashem created the world and on the seventh day He rested. So that's why He tells us to do it. All it says is that He's telling us to do it. But in Visham of Yisrael Sashabbos, what does it say? Do it as a bris elam, as an eternal covenant. Baini uvein b'nei Yisrael aisilo elam. You know, in, in the Luchais, in the Aseris Adibrais, Hashem was speaking to the Jewish people. That's the background. In Vishamu it says, this is specifically between me and the Jewish people as our eternal sign that on six days Hashem created the world and on the seventh day he rested. It's a bris. It's a covenant. It's an ice. It's a sign between me, Hashem says, and the Jewish people. In Vishamru, the uniqueness of the gift of Shabbos to the Jewish people is underscored. And since it is clear in this bracha that that's what we want to be talking about, we don't just want to be talking about, oh, you know, the Torah was given on Shabbos, so let's mention Matan Torah, let's mention Shabbos Matan Torah. No, what happened wasn't just that the Torah, that Shabbos was given to us at Matan Torah, but Shabbos was given to us and exclusively to us at Matan Torah. There was a covenant of Shabbos. It's a sign of the special connection between Kal Yisrael and Hashem that we rest on Shabbos like Hashem rested on Shabbos. So that's the Seder HaBracha, V'shamru B'nei Yisrael HaShabbos. And if we want to think about it a step further, we'll say, ah, ah. So we started off the Bracha and we spoke about Moshe's special gift the crown which he was given by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the shine which was upon his face. That's something which a Jew has on Shabbos. And that's all part of the unique and special gift which HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given to the Jewish people. And that in itself is what we need to understand. What is that sign? What is the bris? Shabbos tells us that we have a special connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a bris. So let's try a little bit to, uh, to explain this. It just so happens that I was discussing this yesterday with some people, Shabbos afternoon. The idea of bris, the idea of a covenant. What is a covenant? A covenant is a commitment. There are all kinds of commitments. Right? You make a commitment to somebody. You make a shvua, even an oath. You swear to somebody you're going to do something. But there's something else called a bris. And what's called a bris, uh, I'll share with you, I read it to, we read it to, to, to some people yesterday, something which is written in the Sefer Hoikorim, a Sefer which was written hundreds of years ago on the fundamentals of faith in the fourth, towards the end of the Sefer, in the fourth Mamar, the fourth major essay, I think it's Perak Mem Hay within it, I'm not, I'm not sure to, to remember exactly, but he explains what a bris is. And you know, what was the sign of a bris? What was used as a sign of a bris? You're thinking bris, bris mila, and that's a significant thing, but before that, we have something which is a sign of bris. Bris bein habesorim of Avram Avinu was the classic. We have it the same thing in Yermio. And Rashi writes in Chomish, it was derech karse brisais. This was the way people made a bris. What did they do? They took something and they cut it in half. They took ideally a living thing 
and they slaughtered it, and they cut it in half. Remember Avram's first bris, he took all those different animals, he cut them in half, put one side over here, one side over there, and the fire of Hashem's presence passed between the two of them. The Korsei Abris, the people making the covenant, passed between the two pieces. Explain the Sefer Yikorim. A bris isn't somebody promises you something. I promise you I'm going to bring you dinner every Tuesday night. I promise you I'm going to make sure that your car is properly maintained. I'm me, you're you. For whatever reason, I want to do something for you. I'm doing something for you. I'm doing A or I'm doing B. A bris is not a commitment to an action, but a bris is to create a relationship. A bris says, we are bound up with each other. We are like two halves of one whole. The reason why the symbol of a bris is that you take a single item, a living thing, and you slaughter it and you divide it in half is, as the Sefer Yikorim says it, you're trying to demonstrate and you're saying that, you know, this thing was one thing. It was one organic unit. When there was a pain on the right side, the left side felt it. When there was a pain on the left side, the right side felt it. When you're looking at it, you're looking now at two separate pieces, but they're really two pieces that in life they were one and completely identifying with one another, with complete connection, with complete trust, with everything between them. And that's what I'm saying to you, the person making the bris with the other says. I'm not promising you I'm going to do something for you. I'm promising I'm identifying with you. What you experience, I take personally. What I experience, you will take personally. Your pain is my pain. I will work to avert your pain like I would work to avert my own. Something which I feel, I can share with you absolutely. I feel with you completely. You're my Ben Sod. You're a person, my confidant. That's a bris an identity between the two sides. When Hashem made a bris with the Jewish people, that's what He did. He identified with Kal Yisrael. He pledged absolute identity with Kal Yisrael. He said, you are going to be a mamleches kayanim and a goy kodesh. You're going to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. How do you get to be a holy nation? I'm a holy nation. You're mine. You're a holy nation. You know, at Har Sinai, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu brought a korban. He had the kayanim actually bring a korban. Korbanis. And what did they do? They took the blood. The blood is the most important part of a korban. You know, the critical part of bringing a carbon is not burning the animal on the altar. Sometimes you burn a little, sometimes you burn a lot. There's even a carbon where you don't burn anything. But what it, what's the main thing is that the blood, which is the life force of the thing, goes on the mizbeach, goes on the altar. You know what happened to the blood of the carbonus that they brought out on Arsina? They divided it in two. Half of it went to be sprinkled on the Mizbeach. And half of it went to be sprinkled on the Jewish people. So much so that when we were discussing last week, we spoke about the crowns that went on the Jewish people, right? At Har Sinai. When the Jewish people did the eagle, they that the crowns were taken off of them. So I read to you last week what the Gemara says, which was that these crowns that the angels, 600,000 you know, angels came down and, and, and put crowns on our heads and then the other angels, twice the amount, had to come and take them off. You know that there are those in the Rishayim, Rabbeinu Bachya, beings, I think from Rabbeinu Hananel, that the, 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 the ornament that the Jewish people had from our Sinai were those blood drops the blood drops from, that were sprinkled on them from the korban. And when it says that they took off Ed Yomer Sinai, is they had to take off the garments that had on them the blood spots from that korban. 
you know, when we have a blood spot, we would uh, on our garment, we would go and change also, right? Not as a sign of mourning, but because it's a mess. This blood was an ornament. You know why? Did you ever hear of blood being sprinkled half on the Mizbeach, half on the people? But you know what that is? That was called, the, the verse calls it, the Dam Habris, that says, you know, the Mizbeach is where you give it to Hashem. This carbon is for Hashem and the Jewish people. Hashem and the Jewish people become halves of one whole, identified with each other. You know what a powerful idea that is? That powerful idea is what gives us comfort and hope here in Baltimore, Maryland. You know why? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Yaakov Avinu, even before the giving of the Torah, maybe that's why we say, Lezera Yaakov Asher Bamba he said, I'm with you all the way. Wherever you go, I'm going. I will go down with you to Egypt and I will come up with you from Egypt. And Chazal say, it's not just Hashem says, you know, I'll stick around, I'll watch over you. No, you're going down, I'm going down. You come up, I come up. The fate of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, within this world is completely tied to the Jewish people. We are identified with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The ramifications of that are both comforting and of course tremendously obligating. We're identified with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that means that the sanctification of Hashem's name in the world, Kiddush Hashem, becomes the central mandate of a Jew. Kiddush Hashem is the central mandate of the Ramam writes, the central mandate, responsibility of a Jew is to be Mekad Hashem Shemayim. Why? <laughs> Hashem said, I'm identifying with you. Your status affects my status. If you're valued in the eyes of the world, I'm in the world. There's an identity of Klal Yisrael with HaKadosh Baruch That's to a different level. It's to a different level. Every human being is created with divine potential. Every human being with that divine potential has the possibilities of developing themselves more and more and more and more and more to be like HaKadosh Baruch But when we accepted the Taira, HaKadosh Baruch said, I'm relying on you to be, I'm relying on you to be my other half in the world. Oh, I take my responsibilities to you seriously, and you have to take your responsibilities to me seriously. Matan Torah isn't just a time when we were given commandments, when we were given extra instructions, or when even when we were given an insight into the Rabbi Shalom's das by the fact that he gave us the most precious gift, the Torah, where we get to learn the truths of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All of that is true. All of that is part of the gift of Matan Torah. You know, everyone asks a question one time or another when they say the HaKadosh Pesach. What question do they ask? Dayenu. Day Dayenu, right? Had he brought us close to Harsinai and not given us the Torah, it would have been enough. What do you have if you go to Harsinai and you don't get the Torah? Why do we go to Harsinai? We went to Harsinai to get the Torah. So it's not a question. It's a question which everybody asks, but it's not a question. Because of what we alluded to earlier, what we talked about last week, which is when we stood at Harsinai, the Pasuk says, we were transformed. We, we saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared before us at Harsinai. Had we not had a Torah to take home, we still would have been transformed. We still would have had the Yerashamayim. But let's understand that also part of it is that what happened at Harsinai was HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, you will be my nation and I will be your God. 
we're going to be connected. Right, all the things that we sing Yom Kippur over and over every time we say Vidui, before we say Vidui, before we confess to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we recognize how bound up we are to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know, it's very different when you apologize to somebody to whom you bumped into on the subway. You know, I'm sorry, I can't believe it. I dropped my 70-pound Jewish suitcase on your foot. I really feel bad. Okay. Hopefully the person will forgive you. You move on, but it does make a difference. You're getting off at the next stop. It's a little different when you apologize to your spouse, to your child, to your parent. You know, it's it's not like, oops, I'm sorry I did this, and I'll get back to business. It's part of a, of a relationship. And by the way, if the guy on the subway doesn't forgive you, it's Nishka Ferlach. Again, as long as he doesn't come running after you, he's, I don't forgive you, okay? You're getting off next stop, good, I hope I never see you again. But you understand that connection is a whole context for forgiveness. If you have a relationship, you've got to learn how to forgive. Otherwise, relationships don't last, right? So... We, we, before we say, we, 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 we sing aloud and we say, we're so connected to you. And that's the context of our vidui. That's the context of this apology. It's a whole different story when, you're, when you have a bris, when you have a connection. Matan Torah is creating that identity of Klal Yisrael being one with the Rabbeinu Shalaylam, being together with him. And that's why the Shabbos is a sign of that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested after six days. We rest after six days. That right to adopt the behavior of Hashem, not to tell people about the behavior of Hashem, but to adopt the behavior of Hashem, says that to some degree, whatever's for him is for us. Because we are one with the Rabbana Shalalam. Have I conveyed this have I conveyed this clearly enough? I hope so. So part of it is a little note, something which we explained the last time we touched this issue, was that Shabbos says you're what it's all about. You work for six days, and on the seventh day you say, I'm stopping to work. I have to now experience what I have. Shabbos, as we said when we talked about the Friday night evening, is tachlis. Tachlis maseh shamayim v'oretz. Otherwise we keep, you know, on that wheel, we keep walking, running, 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 running. What's it all for? What's it all for? What's it all for? What's it all for? Shabbos, you get off, you say, that's what it's for. Shabbos is the place where it arrives. It's the purpose. That's why Shabbos, we talk about beginnings, middles, and ends. It's to get someplace. Tachlis. And one thing which the Jewish people have as a zechus is that we are also tachlis. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu created mankind as a whole, mankind generally veered away and decided not to be it. Avram Avinu, Arzeda, decided that he wanted to be it. He wanted to be what the world was about. He wanted to live its purpose, the purpose of a human being. Tachlis. So if you're tachlis, you get to stop and experience what it's about. If you're not tachlis, then you keep working. Only Klal Yisrael gets to experience it. Now that's a part of the idea. Part of the idea of being tachlis, but part of the idea of being tachlis is that Hashem created the Tzalem Elohim as his mate. I want to share with you something, and you may find it fascinating, you may find it a little stretchy, okay? I don't think it's stretchy, I think it's mamish, true, but it's a little unusual. So you'll forgive me, if, if not, we'll forget it and still be friends. <laughs> Hashem created the world six days, Okay, we're in the middle of the sixth day. And then Hashem says, I want to make a man 
v'tzalmenu kidmuseinu, in our image, in our form. Okay, why he says it in our, everybody knows the discussions. In the end it says, he makes man v'tzalem elikim. I created lots of things, Rabbi Shalom knows. He created the earth and the heavens and the, and the plants and everything else. And on this very day, on the sixth day of creation, he created all of these animals on the face of the earth. But something's missing. What's missing? What's missing is man who's like me. Like, what does a Rabbi have to do with a giraffe? He created a giraffe, but the giraffe is a giraffe. A human being, you know, that's... Metzelem Now there's something there that I can connect to. We read on in Sefer Bereshus, Perak Beis, the second chapter of Bereshus. Hashem created Adam. And then he said, you know, it's not good for Adam to be alone. I'm going to make him an Ezer Kenegde, a helpmate opposite. And the next thing we read is that Hashem produced from the land all the different animals and all the chayas and all the birds. And they all were brought to man so the man could name them. And he named them. But he found no mate opposite him. What does that mean? A mate opposite him? He found nothing like him. So then Hashem created the woman so that man would have something like him. A bone of his bone, a flesh of his flesh. When Adam met Chava, he said, this is, this is like me. Do you realize I just said the same story twice? It's the same story, twice. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a whole world. But there was nothing in the world that was like him. Right? You could be with millions and millions of people, hundreds of people, and you could feel completely alone. Why? Because, you know, what's important to you, what matters to you, there's nobody to talk to. There's no, there's no connection. It's like a different planet. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I have this whole world, but what, what, what's the connection? It's a difficult thing to say, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't want to be alone in the world. He wanted to create something that would share his taiva, that would share his good. That's what we say. That's what Hashem created a human being that could have godliness, which was the ultimate good. A human being, man was created in the world. Man, he had everything. Everything was placed into his hands. All the lions, all the tigers, all the bears, everything. He saw them all. He named them all. But none of them connected to Adam Arishain. He needed something that would be like him. That's the role which the Jewish people assume in the world of Tzalem Elohim. Beini ubein b'nei Yisrael It is between me and the Jewish people assigned forever. Lastly, says HaShabbos L'dayreisam Beris Eilam the celebration of this aspect of Matan Torah that is Shabbos is not the mitzvah of Shabbos. It's the bris of Shabbos. We're identified with him. You know, we don't wear tefillin on Shabbos. Men don't wear tefillin on Shabbos. Why? Because Shabbos is an ice. Like tefillin is a nice. About tefillin, it says, people will see you wearing tefillin. And they say, Hashem's with you. Hashem, the name of Hashem is upon you. Shabbos is supposed to be the same thing. When the Jewish people came out of Mitzrayim, when we stood at the Yamsuf, after the miracle of the Yamsuf, we said, Shiraz Hayam, the song of the sea. We talked a little bit last week about how that Kriyas Yamsuf transformed the Jewish people, right? That's why we were able to eat the Mun. That was our discussion about the Mun last week. Again, it's hard to remember everything. We said a verse there where we identified Hashem. We saw Hashem. That was what we talked about last week. What was the verse? Zekeli. This is my God. We pointed. We were able to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Zekeli. This is our God. What's the word after Zekeli? 
ve'anvehu. What does ve'anvehu mean? What does ve'anvehu mean? Let's look to see what 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 Rav Arthur Scroll says. Zekeli ve'anvehu. Is that what he says? I will glorify him. I mean, that's that's one of the translations. Yes, that is the way it is typically translated. Absolutely. Says the 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 thing. This is my God, and I will build him a sanctuary. Because Rashi, they go with Rashi, and Rashi says Anveu is. I will make for him a naveh. A naveh is a, a, a residence, a sanctuary. I will build for him a sanctuary. So one is, I will glorify him. From here we learn that you're supposed to make mitzvahs beautiful. That's why you have a beautiful parechas on an Aaron Kaidesh and a beautiful uh, cloth on a Sefer Tyra and so on and so forth. You're supposed to glorify HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kavadat Tyra. Another is, I will build for him a Migdosh. And the third is, Ani vehu. The anvehu is a contraction of ani vehu. He and I. From where we get, again, this mandate that a person should identify with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Migdash is identity. Remember last, what we read in yesterday's parsha, Yaakov Avinu is traveling from Choran to go to, from, from, uh, from, uh, from Beersheva and he's going to Choran. But he passes by the Beis HaMikdash. The Kodesh says, he's, he's got, he, so he says, he's got to go back. He goes back. And then the sun sets. Why does it set the sunset? set? Baruch Hu says, he came to the place where I sleep. And he's not going to sleep over here. He's got to sleep over here too. When a person brought a carbon in the Beis HaMikdash, they had Lina. They, they had a mitzvah. They had to stay over. Jerusalem's the big flash is where we live with the Rabbanu Shalalam. B'shachanti b'saycham. The Rabbanu lives with us. We live with the Rabbanu Shalalam. It's a, it, it's it's such a vision of anivahu. It's such a vision of identity and connection that the Migdash is supposed to be, and that's the same thing that the Shabbos is supposed to be. It's it's an identity of the person with the Rabbanu Shalalam. So I want to conclude by sharing with you words that you say and I say every day at the end of the Shemonastri. When we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we say, Barcheinu Avinu, bless us, our Father, Kulonu Ke'echad, all together as one, Ba'er Panecha, with the light of your face. What does that mean, that phrase? Bless us, Hashem, with the light of your face, the radiance of your face. So one way to understand it, absolutely, the direct way to understand it is that we ask, let us see the light of your face and we will be saved. We don't want Hester Panem, we don't want Hashem to be hidden. We want Hashem to be revealed to the world. With the light of Hashem shining, we will be blessed. We'll be blessed with Torah's Chaim, Va'avas Chesed, with all of those things. But there's another way to translate the phrase, and that is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our faces should be illuminated with the light of your face. When we talked yesterday, last time about a person's face shines, Moshe Rabbeinu's face shone. Tell me something, you think that was, was that Moshe Rabbeinu's shine? Whose shine was that? That was the Rabbeinu Shalalam's shine. Chazal say all kinds. He was up there with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and he came out shining. Why? Because it was contagious. Because the level of identity which Moshe Rabbeinu achieved being up there with Hakadosh Baruch Hu was that his own Selim Aleikim grew. That you saw the Rabbeinu Shleilam in Moshe Rabbeinu. It is Moshe Rabbeinu's title that he is given at the end of his life. What are the next two words? The man of God. It became part of him. 
the Selem Elohim that was within him radiated outwards. When we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to bless us with the radiance of his face, on one level, of course, we want to see him from there. But on another level, we want that the radiance of his face should be the radiance of ours. Should be the radiance of ours. And Shabbos, which is a day when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I am one with you. I want you to do exactly what I do. Of course the face of the Jewish people come out shining on Shabbos. We're creatures of the Spirit. Neshama Yaseira, an extra dose of that godliness is in the person. Oh, how does it happen? Mystical, magical, and Neshama comes right down in a person on Friday night and goes back right out at Havdola. It's pashut, it's simple. When you stop on the seventh day, and you say, okay, forget all the tumul, forget all the work, forget everything else. Now we're going to be. And we're going to sit at a Shabbos table. And we're going to sing Baruch And we're going to remember that there's such a thing as a Parsha Sashavua. What is the Parsha Sashavua this week? Okay, I'm sorry, I'm embarrassed. I don't remember what the Parsha Sashavua is, but now that you mention it, let's talk about the Parsha Sashavua. Right? Is that anybody else's experience in the world? That's what everybody, many, many people experience in the world. But when you come to Shabbos, it's a different story. It's a different story. Neshama Yaseira. You don't mean, I mean, it's, there are mystical truths to the Neshama Yaseira that comes in and goes out, but you don't need any mystical thing to appreciate that a person's a different person when everything stops. And HaKadosh Baruch wanted that because he says, you people, Jewish people, I am you and you are me. And you need to be able to shine that way. I rely on you to exist in this world. You need to be able to shine that way. This is the tefillah of Shabbos morning. Yeah, it talks about Moshe got the luchais and he came down and he gave us the Torah. And the Torah was written in the mitzvah of Shabbos. It's more than the mitzvah of Shabbos. It's the bris of Shabbos. It's the identity. It's the sharing. If it's mine, it's yours. I rested, you rest. That's what it's about. will help us to achieve some of that within Shabbos and to realize that, that step along the way. Um, I want to just make note Hashem. Um, next Sunday I will not be here I'm supposed to be in Eretz Yisrael Hashem. Um, 